Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of the KV Pod. I'm your host, Daniel. This week, my wife, Shalene, and I are continuing the conversation that we started in the last episode about communication in relationships, or specifically to us, communication in marriage. I got to say, communication is one of those things that Shalene and I just find so important in our relationship, and I know for sure that you don't have to be married to know that communication is very important in your life, and you don't have to be married to realize that communication can be a challenge, and we can all benefit from listening to other conversations about better communication and finding resources and and things along these lines, just because it's such a critical component of any relationship that we find ourselves in, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship or a work relationship, anything along those lines, communication is so critical. Now, if you haven't noticed up to this point, we typically are starting our episodes with kind of a life update. So the first 10 or 15 minutes of this particular episode, Shalene and I just give an update about some cool things we've gotten for the baby, um, how Shalene is doing with pregnancy and getting just closer and closer to having our first child, which, wow, pretty crazy and surreal, but we are very excited. So if you want to listen to that life update, of course, you're welcome to. Or if you want to jump straight into our conversation on communication, you can skip to about minute 15 of this episode and you can jump in right at that point. I want to thank everyone who has subscribed to the show for doing so. We really appreciate your support. And if you are not subscribed to the show, consider doing so. Also, if you are listening to this episode and you find this conversation helpful and you think of someone who might also benefit from listening to these episodes, I would really encourage you to share it with them. We definitely want to provide as much value to as many people as possible, and we appreciate everything you do to help make that happen. Okay, I think that's enough for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or anything else you want to talk to us about, feel free to jump into those show notes, find our email, find our social media, reach out to us. We definitely want to hear from you. So thank you once again. Let's get into the episode. There's no lid on this tea. Oh, and so, bad idea to put it right next to all the electronics. Yeah. And even if there was, I still don't trust it anymore because... We've done that. We've already <laughs> fried electrical <laughs> equipment with tea on previous podcasts. Sorry. So, anyway. But, yes, the tea is safe and the electronics are safe. Good. Well, welcome back, Shalene. Hello. Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah. It's been so long. Thanks for letting me back upstairs in our own house. <laughs> I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. We are going to continue the conversation we had on the last episode. Yeah. Um, it went really well. I super enjoyed it. I'm sure you did it as well. It was good. Um, and we didn't even get, or did we get through half your notes? About halfway through? Mm-hmm. Mm. There's still more to come, people. Let's just say that there are main, four main points. Uh, we got through the first main point. Oh. But the first main point had the most sub points. Got so. It. Hard to compare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, 
before we get into that, I see lots of goodies on the table here. You should tell me what that's all about. And, yes. then, and then we'll jump into some more communication stuff. Yes. So today I went to Lifeline where I do like pregnancy education videos and you earn points and you can buy stuff in their baby boutique. Cute. And so I got some puzzles. Uh-huh. And they were wrapped in such a way that I could only see the top one. So it was a gamble with the other two. So this is not like a 500 piece puzzle for your newborn. It's like, no, <laughs> sorry. I'm no. just clarifying for people who can't see this. This um, is good. <laughs> no, there are little cutouts of animals. The first one is farm animals. That's a doggy. Oops, Cause sorry, you know, you might mic. have a doggy on the farm. And then the next one is like forest animals. Cute. Especially if you live in bear, raccoon, fox, there's also wolf. an alligator and a cobra. So maybe those are if you live in forest areas in different climates. We'll just say generic, <laughs> yeah. wild animals. Yeah, that's yeah. There wild you go. versus domestic. But then we have sea animals. Ah, sea animals. Yes, yes. Very cute. So little little so, things to help him learn what the different animals are and motor skills. Yes, at the same time. Cute. And then um, just one thing is. As we've been getting baby stuff, which we've gotten a lot just because we're getting ready and we've had baby showers and stuff. I don't know. These little wooden puzzles where the pieces fit into their little slots just seem so cute to me lately. <laughs> and I'm like excited <laughs> to do them uh, with our kiddo. Um, and we once a month we do child care for our church on Sundays. Yeah. And the rare times when some of the two, three year olds want to do a puzzle. I don't know. For some reason, I just enjoy it. So puzzles are fun, man. Yeah, I'm excited. They're good. So, are you also saying you're up for continuing childcare then? Continuing childcare. Once we have the baby, I mean, obviously we got to take like an initial break. I mean, sure, we can help out at church good. even when we have a kid. <laughs> All right, just checking. And then I also got a little tank top onesie that says "The Snuggle Is Real." That is... we don't need any more clothes, but I just couldn't. It was too cute. This is highly cliche and even more adorable. Because it's going to be on a baby. And he's so little. When an adult wears that, it's like, eh, okay, that's a little weird. Oh, that's where I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. They're on like I, hoodies for full grown women. Right. Yes. And it's like, yeah. Step aside, adults. The let ba- the baby wear. Let the baby shine. Yes. And then I also, so you can get two outfits for one point. So I was like, oh, well, I found one thing I'm going to get. I got to find another thing yeah. <laughs> to like fill out the point. So then I found a little outfit that's a green onesie with little tan pants that have cacti. They're and like khaki shorts, cargo shorts. Oh, they have peppers on them too. I didn't see the peppers. It's like a desert theme. Yeah. There's saguaro cactus, chili peppers, and lizards. Yeah. This is going to be great because, as you may or may not know, if you're listening to this, my family hails from hails, <laughs> hails from the great state of Arizona. Um, yeah, that's where my dad grew up. Yeah, and my mom's from New Mexico, um, but they got married in Tucson, Arizona, and so we are desert people. Um, <laughs> I always joke about if you've seen Black Panther. They talk about the ancestral planes yes. of like they drink the flower juice and then they go to where their ancestors were. And part of the movie is like when um, oh, whoever the bad guy is does it when he's and then it goes back to Oakland, California. It's like his ancestral planes. I like I always refer to the desert um, as like the Floyd's ancestral planes. It's like that's where our family and that's where my grandparents currently live Uh um and a lot of my cousins and aunt and uncles and and stuff like that and so i don't know we just like we're Hmm. from the desert and i feel a connection to it i wonder 
if you tripped, if that's where you'd go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, this is what came to my mind with the drink and the uh, flower juice and yeah, stuff. That's funny. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And oh, I was also going to say, um, we are planning on naming baby Floyd after yes. my grandfather who lives in Tucson. So stay yes. tuned to hear the name on the air. We want to make sure that we like see him and like really decide when he's born. I don't know what we're going to do if we somehow decide we don't like our current name. I also can't believe that it hasn't been shared on here yet, but I don't know that it has been. Yeah, no, we'll say it on the podcast once he's born. We just want to be super official with it. Sure. So, but anyway, but the plan is to name him after my paternal grandfather. So, and my maternal grandfather. Right. Figure that one out. How do you name a baby more than one name? Sorry, that, that's a dad joke. Duh. It's very easy. Uh, <laughs> any other good baby goodies you have, Shalene? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, well, so for Christmas, I mentioned that maybe uh, like a pregnancy subscription box could be a fun gift. And so your mom got me like a year long subscription to the bump. And so, cool. so far it's been six months or maybe just five. I don't know of um like pregnancy goodies of like stretch mark cream and like this loofah and leg just, lotion yeah and a belly mask Ooh, that was great and just different stuff i thought face masks were the end of it but nope <laughs> no they have belly masks belly masks if you're pregnant oh it's so pampering it's nice and apparently there's homemade ones check it out on pinterest i don't know i haven't done that i'm not that into it but when given one yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It. So anyway, now they're transitioning to bitsy boxes. They've been bump boxes, but now they're bitsy boxes. Oh, that's cute. Because the baby's coming. Yeah. So today's box that came is a bath time box. Okay. So it has like a little nail scrubber for the baby. Oh, that's cute. It has a little hooded towel with an elefante on it. <laughs> what? You're talking cute now. Oh uh, well, you know. The widow, the widow towel. With and the then, <laughs> and then it's got some silicone sponges. Bath sponges. Yeah, which but they're I've gotten, silicone. Like, they're like rubber. Yeah. Interesting. So I've gotten like the Derma Frida uh, cradle cap thingy. Okay. You may have no clue. I'm gonna, what, I'm gonna pretend like I know like, exactly what you're talking about right now. It looks like this. Okay. But it's by Baby Frida, okay. and you use it on his head to okay. help prevent cradle cap, which is like a bunch of dead skin accumulation, Got it. yuckiness, grossness. Okay. Um, so it kind of looks like that, so I don't really know what the difference is, except for it's not marketed directly for his head. It's just a sponge for all of the general areas. It's marked. Got it. So it's not marketed. Yeah, I think it's just for all the things. They have a specific brush for nails, cleans baby's nails, sustainably harvest, renewable resource, non-petroleum material. Baby nails do get gross, so. Yeah, I guess. Well, here you go. And there's a whale on the package, which is like the theme for the nursery. So that's perfect. (laughs) Because, yeah. (laughs) I'm showing everything to the camera because you never know if you're going to see this video on TikTok or YouTube. So right. you have to stay tuned. And then we got a time for a bath book. Oh, cute. And it's actually really great. I just read through it. I won't take the time to read it here on the podcast, but it's like they do different things throughout the day. And oh, no, what time is it? Well, it's time for a bath because you made a mess in the kitchen. And so we clean you all up and it's great. And then like, oh, we're going to go outside and look for earthworms and track the ants and roll around in grassy pants, like do a lot of dirty things. And then, oh, it's bath time. Cute. Like, And so I kind of like that because... I totally just agree with that, that like kids should get dirty and that's what baths are for. Like you shouldn't try to keep them pristinely clean. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like they need to go out and eat some dirt and (laughs) like get messy. 
Although I don't know if this book is implying because it kind of seems to imply that he takes four baths in a day. Eh, yeah. Because then at the end he takes a bath and goes to bed. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, uh, we're not doing four baths in a day. Like you get gross, you get gross good. And if we do a bath, you're done for the day. <laughs> potentially, you know, within reason. Don't take it too literally. That but, be, this book. Oh, th- so it's called Time for Bath by Phyllis Gershader. Gershader. Maybe. Yep. Uh, illustrated by David Walker. I'm saying this because it's a little. It's a bunny family, and the little baby <laughs> yes. bunny is cute. Yes. He's so adorable. Cool. Well, this will be fun. Yes. And there's another one that I'm curious. It's it's time for a hug. Oh, another. Okay. Yeah, there's another book. That could be a good book. That sounds good to me. Shalene likes hugs. I do like hugs. They're good. Anyway, there was also some like pieces for mom, like some vitamins and like a lactation smoothie, woot, and some granola. Good so, stuff. Yeah, That's I like awesome. the balance of like fun little things. It's silly. Like I don't need any of this stuff, but it's so fun because it's stuff that I would never buy for myself. Yeah, and it was a Christmas present, right? Right, so, and yeah. it just keeps giving throughout the year. Fun. Yeah, I love it. It's really fun. Cute. Yeah. And yeah, so we are 38 weeks and one day. Uh, It's Thursday. Yeah. Yep. 38 weeks and one day. So, and based on how people are talking at the doctor's office, it's like he's either going to come or I don't know, we might induce. Right. Since he's large. As far as we know, this is not going anywhere past four weeks. Uh, 40 weeks. Sorry. Yeah, no. No, they've said that. He's big enough that like they're for sure going to induce so, by 40. By the time the next episode. So, I mean, we're, we are recording this uh, probably a week or two before this episode is going to come out. So by the time you're listening to this, dang, we actually probably will have a baby by the time this episode is uploaded. Getting so roll. It is. <laughs> it is. Just for the record, it's June 16th right now. Uh, this As pod, we record. Yeah, this will probably go up a week from tomorrow, which is 7 plus 17 is 24, the 24th. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Yeah. Probably have a baby with him. Crazy. Uh-huh. Well, if we're going to be ready for this baby, we probably need to know how to communicate as a couple. <laughs> right. Be so useful. If, so... O- if only we could talk about that. Oh, no. <laughs> if only we could. Yeah. Well, it cracked me up on the last uh, podcast, how in the introduction you talked about like, yeah, we're, we, communication is a huge topic that we discussed a lot during our dating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that at face value just sounds ridiculous. Like you, you sat around and talked about communication, but like, yes, no, yes, that's actually, what audience, actually that is what we did. <laughs> it's called meta communication and it's the best thing ever. And it's actually proven to be extremely healthy in relationships. Meta communication is necessary. Uh, just a side tidbit. That's nowhere in my notes. It's just, yeah. You're talking about how you talk to each other. Yeah. Very so, important. Yeah. Anyway, well, we should jump right back into your notes where yes. we kind of left off and okay. and just share our thoughts and, and your thoughts and experiences. Yeah. So to give an overview of where we're going, um, hopefully in the time allotted, we have three main points to kind of dig more practically into um, actually having conversations. And they are speaking, listening. And then specific considerations for conflict. Okay. Just a few things that came to mind. And I'm sure as we talk, more will be unpacked uh, potentially. Good. But so, yeah, beginning with speaking, um, it's helpful to know. So we ended last time with saying, like, talk it out with the Lord slash other trusted mentors to clarify what the problem even is. Or as Daniel and I have been talking about the episode since it went up, sometimes it's helpful 
yeah, to just fully process things because then you're able to address the actual issue and not just hit peripheral issues. Um, and you're actually clear on what needs to be discussed. Mm -hmm. And so then as you go into speaking, um, it can be helpful to begin with a question depending on what it is. Okay. Uh, I know that I do this a lot with you. I'll be like, Daniel, like I've been thinking a lot about this topic. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And that, and maybe that's just me being like inquisitive. Yeah. And trying to not be as direct up front. Um, <laughs> cause otherwise I'm just like, da -da 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 -da. um, but I think if maybe if, even if you don't begin with a question, maybe the larger point is ask questions mm -hmm. when you're speaking, ask questions. And we'll come back around to that from the listening perspective as well. Mm -hmm. But as you are speaking, it doesn't hurt to ask if you're making sense. Mm -hmm. It does. It's a great thing to ask for feedback throughout. So that's like the first little thing. Do you have any comments yeah. there? Well, I mean, I'm just trying to think of examples and I, I try to do this as much as I can just in general. I, I would recommend leading off with questions in communication as often as possible. Um, as opposed to, I don't know if we, did we explicitly say, as opposed to accusations or as opposed to assumptions about what was going on. Right. Um, I just, I'm just thinking of situations where maybe someone does something that is uncharacteristic and instead of asking, hey, like, why did you do that? Or what was your thought process behind that? Someone could come out with accusations of like, oh, well, you clearly had this motivation and this intention because right. of this behavior. And, and already and starts so, to bring correction. Right. And, and puts the or, other person in a defensive place um, and assumes things that are not necessarily true. Um, I don't know. I could come up with an example of maybe if I'm like, Shalene, like we, the budgets, this is very uncharacteristic because Shalene watches the budget way more closely than I do. But like, for example, if I was like, Shalene, the budget's really tight this week. If we could not, like, I know we wanted to like go buy some flowers. Like, could you, we, but I just don't think that'll work for this month. And then maybe the next day I'm like driving down the street and I see Shalene like walking out of the, the flower shop with some flowers and like, you know, and I'm like driving by and I could be like, Oh my gosh, she just bought flowers and I just talked to her about not overspending on the budget. And there she is the next day walking out of the flower shop with some flowers da, 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 and I could get all mad and I could I'm run weak. through this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm and I could get so mad and I could just, cause I saw you at the flower shop. I saw you walk out with the bouquet in your arms and, and I can lead off with, you know, I could text you passive aggressively. I could talk to you passive aggressively. I could stew over it until I see you again, only to realize like, oh, you had to go pick them up for someone for your job and you were just delivering them, but you didn't actually buy any. Sure. Something, something like that. Yes. Where. What a fun example. I can. Yeah. I'm proud that I came up with that on the spot, but like, <laughs> but like in that situation, it, 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 even though we had that conversation and I think we we're on the same page mm -hmm. and I'd like to assume that Shalene and I are on the same page when we talk about our budget or whatever. But like, if it seems like there's something to the contrary, when I see Shalene in person, ideally, yeah, um, I could text you, but ideally talk to you in person, be like, instead of leading off with an accusation or an assumption, I could say, Hey, Shalene, I saw you at the flower shop. Um, like, did you buy some flowers and, and not 
in a manipulative way. Yeah, not that manipulative, be... not passive aggressive, not with a tone, but like I genuinely want to hear about your day. Can you tell me what happened? Yeah. And then Shalene would be like, oh, yeah, I know we talked about that thing yesterday and I, I probably looked like I was going against you or, you know, going against, against our agreement. But I just had to pick those up like I didn't buy any flowers and I could be like, oh, cool. You or know, great. it's a time when you do admit like, oh, yeah. So they had a sale and I was weak and we got to renegotiate. At which point we would have to have a conversation about yeah. why Shalene went against our agreement from the day before. But, right. but Questions are it helpful. puts her in the best place to respond when I lead with a question. Hey, can you tell me, I saw you at the flower shop. What was going on? And, and genuinely asking in a, a positive, friendly tone. Yeah. I've seen you use this with a lot of people with like really uh, difficult topics. Like you're mm. really good about about this with religion or with politics mm. or with yes, um, just worldview stuff. In yeah, general. just worldview. You're very, very, very good at asking questions mm. and like truly showing the person that you're interested in them mm. and what they think about things. Yeah. Um, and then that, and you create a platform for yourself. And like an ethos mm -hmm. to then speak from, yeah. like you have a credibility because you've built a relationship. Yeah, um, yeah, and I appreciate that. Very powerful. Yeah, and and I think especially in those difficult topics. Yeah, if you are discussing politics or um, some cultural issue or religion, where beliefs can be very strong and emotions can be very strong, um, leading off with questions and clear and and then like the types of questions of what do you mean by that. Yeah. You said this word, but what do you mean by that? You know, um, mm -hmm. that is such a, you know, like, I don't know, like right now, gun control is like a big conversation in our nation right now. Mm -hmm. And someone could just say something crazy, like, or not crazy, but just like, I think guns are evil. And then I could assume all kinds of things about what you mean by guns are evil. Right. And then I could, whatever my beliefs are, I could come at you and be like, no, they're not. Or yeah, that's totally da da da. But if I stop back and think like, that's actually a really nebulous statement and I don't know that I can be confident that I actually know what you even mean by that. Right. So instead of leading off with you're right or you're wrong or actually this, da, 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 I should be like, well, what do you mean by that? What do you right. mean by that? Cause people will say things kind of like that yes. where it's, it's, uh, it sounds very strong. Evil is a strong word. It's a hot button topic or whatever. And it's like, okay, before we get into that, like, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. And then, okay, you mean that by that. Where does that come from? How did you come to that conclusion? Like leading off with like five questions. And then I can start to, once I've established that I care enough to listen to you mm -hmm. and hear you out. Now we're in a place where we can have a healthy, effective conversation about this mm -hmm. um, instead of just fighting. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I think difficult conversations um, can be especially important where you lead off with with questions. But yeah, that's a good point. Well, and, and that's something that we'll circle back around to in when we come to talking about listening, because yeah. um, all of this is falls under that more than specifically speaking. Um, so my organized brain is like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of you. But <laughs> but, but you're totally. Yes, that is all very valid and good stuff. And so. 
Yes, questions are important. Um, continuing with speaking, though, just because assuming like a conversation starts when someone speaks. So that's why I chose that mm -hmm. topic first. And we talked about how both speaking and listening are active roles. Mm -hmm. So speaking, you need to consider where your listener is going to be coming from, too. That's mm -hmm. where the asking questions helps out a lot. Sure. Um, so then Daniel mentioned in our last episode also um, the idea that you phrase things. I feel X when you why mm -hmm. or just I feel this way when this happens it doesn't even have to be about the other person mm -hmm. but we were talking about it with creating the space between the person themselves and their action that they're doing or just whatever the situation is it helps when you're able to take responsibility and uh, claim how you're feeling because that connects it more to you yeah than to just come out swinging with like I hate when you do this. Da da da. Like, no. Well, or, why yeah, do you hate it, it? And even that was kind of an I statement. I hate it when you do it. But, but that that's it's not, not telling me what you feel. To be even, or to even literally worse. use the cliche script of I feel. Uh -huh. Because I might hate it. Well, why? What's it making me feel? Like, I feel very annoyed mm -hmm. when you do this thing. Mm -hmm. And if you look at that even deeper, well, I feel like you don't really care about what we've already discussed. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, to use a budget example again, we use finances a lot. But like, um, if you were to, we have a budget conversation and we like, we're on the same page and then I go buy the flowers, you could come to me and say, hey, like what was happening? And I could say, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like they had a good sale and I just couldn't help myself. You could then say like, well, I feel kind of frustrated because I thought we were on the same page when you do that. Like that expresses to me, it puts more on yourself and helps me understand you. Yeah. Or I could say, I, I feel disrespected yeah. or betrayed as opposed to you're so disrespectful, Shaleen. Right. That's the opposite of it. Yes. Of, of that kind of thing. Very good. Thank yeah, you for so. bringing in the opposite. <laughs> that's yeah. what I, yeah, I was so trying to get at. So that's one of those things that are really cliche. And I mentioned in the last episode, I think that there are just a lot of cliches that are just uh, true. They work. Yeah, they're so true. <laughs> I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one. Uh so one other one that I thought about specifically with our communication is um, that it's so necessary when you're speaking. And this goes along with actually addressing the real issue when you bring something mm -hmm. to your partner is being willing to be honest and vulnerable. Um, I said sometimes most of the time, actually, it's way easier to talk about a peripheral issue than the one you're really thinking about. Hmm. Um, and actually reflecting on this sometimes i miss our date i'm weird i'm weird because <laughs> do you remember when we got married and we had like one of the first hard conversations we had and we were sitting in the car talking about it and then i just started grinning and you're like what and i was like this just makes me happy because it's like hard and we're having to figure this out and like we haven't done this very much since we've gotten married and you were just like i don't even remember your response but you were just like wow you are uh a nerd unique person yes i don't remember what we were talking about I genuinely either. but i remember that moment where yes. you're like daniel like like this is a conversation where like one or both of us is like sharing something that's probably really, really hard, hard yeah and like borderline tears or someone did cry and this and that and then like okay it's resolved we got through it da, 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 da. and then just like shaleen's like 
we just did it. We had healthy conflict and we talked through it. Yay. And you just got, you got really excited. Well, yes. And maybe Daniel's very sensitive emotion wise. So like maybe it wasn't the most fitting emotional response in that moment, but it's what I was very much feeling. And I think it's healthy to like recognize those accomplishments. We'll come to that later as well. And well, maybe not actually, because it's not under speaking or listening. It's very healthy to affirm the conversation just when it's done. That's very good. Anyway, uh, yeah, but sorry, back to honesty and vulnerability specifically. Um, I just, I remember so many conversations. It's happened definitely since we've been married too. Um, But we just covered so much ground when we were dating uh, that like, do you, I realize that I have the feeling where I realize I'm coming close to something that's really vulnerable and I'm like, it feels like I'm teetering on the edge of a cliff and it's going to take faith to like step off the cliff and see how it falls, like to share that vulnerable thing. And, but it's always so good when you like take that step and you fall at least in healthy communication that we've been able to experience together. Like that can vulnerability is scary. Like it is like a cliff thing because if the other person doesn't respond well, it can be very painful but in healthy communication, you're vulnerable with one another and you're able to take that scary step off the cliff and then be amazed at how the other person responds and the closeness that's gathered from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, I mean, in my mind, this is kind of assuming that you're not with someone who you know is manipulative Yeah. or you're with someone who you know already that they are not spiteful. Right. And so if you are with someone that you genuinely trust or are growing in trust with, you know, and again, you know, we're married. And so we like want to go to like to the max with this, but like if you're dating someone, like there are limits to it. Like you don't, you don't want to spill your guts on the second date, but you should be moving forward in it in talking about hard things and having real conversations. But yeah, assuming you're with someone that is trustworthy and has your best interests. And you're working toward healthy communication with them. Right. Part of your responsibility. Right. Uh, Given that foundation, then um, being honest about the real issue Mm -hmm. is good and will strengthen the relationship because then mm-hmm. you genuinely know each other and you're able to actually resolve things instead of talking about maybe symptoms of a deeper issue. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I have good examples for that per se, but okay. um, those were just things that I came up thinking about speaking. And when I go to speak to you there, oh, I guess one other that we touched on quite a bit in the last episode is the tone of how we approach one another. And I think respect is a huge thing. Um, one, just remembering that you're the other person you're talking to is still a person, Mm -hmm. like, especially in our intimate relationships, we forget that. Mm -hmm. Like I took a family communication class and that was a huge point there is that like with our family, we start having terrible communication patterns because they're our family. They're always there. We don't really care. We don't think about them the Mm -hmm. same way we think about a friend. Yeah. And so, just keeping in mind that the other person is a person to be treated with respect and dignity and, and kindness. Gentleness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so keeping that in mind that your tone makes a huge difference and approaching things with questions instead yeah. of accusations mm-hmm. and, and being vulnerable. Cause if you come also, if you come with vulnerability, that 
makes you more gentle just by because it's vulnerable and it's hard to come out swinging your vulnerability around you know what i mean right yeah and Um, yeah i think that also just kind of reinforces what i was saying earlier is like if you're with someone that is genuinely trustworthy and genuinely has your best interest when you're vulnerable with them you are prompting them to go oh Mm -hmm. this is a real conversation and like now it prompts them to then share their side Mm -hmm. um and I, I just am confident that when we are vulnerable with each other, instead of pr- instead of prompting the other person to take advantage of that, um, no, it prompts them to go there with you. Mm-hmm. Because if you genuinely love each other and you genuinely care about each other, then like subliminally, like you both want to go to that intimate place where you really know each other and you really care about what's going on and you can really talk it out in a heartfelt way. And so if you're willing, like you were saying, to jump off the proverbial cliff your partner will jump with you and then i don't know some you can fly together no sorry (laughs) i don't know but like you go to a a good place yeah um but you have to be willing to go there and i don't know i feel like it's it's helpful to give examples because we're talking very generally right now but like so from a man's perspective things that would normally be really difficult to talk about i think for most guys um, that would be what I would consider like real issues or core issues was any form of insecurity mm. or incompetence or weakness that I deal with would fall into that kind of category. Mm. So maybe, uh, you know, and we've talked about this where I've told Shalene like, Hey, I'm, I am in this new social context and I'm supposed to be helping, but I just don't feel like I belong um, and I don't know if people respect me there and this and that, um, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm being vague on purpose, but my point is, is that I genuinely felt insecure in this new context. Mm-hmm. And instead of quote unquote, fake it till you make it, um, and then telling Shalene like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't know what their problem is. Da, da, da. Like I can genuinely sit down with Shalene and go, I feel insecure and feel like I don't belong or like I'm respected in this new group. Mm-hmm. And that would be an example of me being real with you and inviting you in to really know what's going on with me mm-hmm. um, or some form of like, you know what, Shaleen, like I am bad at this skill, whatever, at work or this thing. Like I really am bad, like admitting some sort of weakness or incompetence, mm-hmm. I think can be hard for men because I think we're wired to want to have what it takes and be able to take care of it. And if we don't measure up, that just cuts us. It yeah. hurts at a deep level in a way that I think is unique to men. Um, and so being willing and able to share that with someone else can be a challenge. But I think that that's a mild, I'm not giving specific examples, but I think those are more specific examples of maybe what that would look like for a man of admitting those types of things. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe, and here's another example, maybe I have some sort of character defect that I'm working on and I don't like about myself, but I'm still dealing with it. So maybe there's something in my life that's a work in progress and it's something about myself that I don't like. Mm-hmm. I think that could apply to any person. Mm-hmm. We could probably all think of things about ourselves that we don't like. And whether that's valid or not, like sometimes we have genuinely things that need to be worked on and we should not like them because they're not good. Like maybe I'm just a really selfish person and I need to work on that. Or maybe, you know, it's like something that I 
should be proud of. I don't know. Like, well, or what comes to my mind is something I struggle with, with vulnerability is like feeling overly emotional. Like sometimes I'm afraid to like really share how I feel about that's things a good with example. You right. Because, uh, it feels like I'm just being ridiculous and overly remote emotional. And right. so I don't want to go there, but that's not really something that's wrong. Right. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There are some things that we don't like about ourselves that are not really bad, but we don't like it to come out mm-hmm. regardless of which one it is. Um, that's another example of something that should be talked about in the relationship at some point. Okay. And it's not like every time you see each other, it's like, let me just tell you what I hate about myself. Like (laughs) that's not every time, but there should, you should be able to look back on your relationship and go, have we even, have we covered that? Mm -hmm. And, and when's the last time, has it been three years since we've talked about where we are struggling and growing or is that a semi-regular or just regular thing that we know about each other and then are able to encourage each other with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Character defects or things we don't like about ourselves are examples of things that need to be discussed because we live with it Yeah, and we see it, whether we want to admit it or not in each other, just because of the proximity of our lives together. But being able to communicate that, mm-hmm. communicate about that starts with what you were saying of being willing to even bring it up and be vulnerable. So that's the speaker side of being willing to even just go there. Yeah. So, and offer that as a conversation. Yeah. And so then that leads us nicely into then talking about what it means to be a good listener. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to, I just want to hear how many things on my list that you hit unconsciously. Without me looking at your notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's not a quiz. It's just No, you're fine. I mean, Listening is something that I want to be good at. You're so good at it. (laughs) Thanks. I I don't think it's necessarily prideful to say that. I think it's one of my strengths, Mm -hmm. and I think I could just say that. Um, It's the classic verse of be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Look at you. Um, Pulling out the Bible. Hey, the Bible has advice for life. It's good advice. Good stuff. Very good advice. But, you know, and I understand that's easier said than done, but slow to speak. And the first thing out of my mouth is one of two things. And this is, and I don't know, maybe I'm aware of it because I had to learn this and maybe Mm -hmm. I can talk about my history with this. I had to learn this consciously. If I can help it, the first thing out of my mouth is either validation Mm -hmm. of something. I don't have to validate everything you said, because maybe you said something that's actually crazy, (laughs) but I can still validate something. Um, or I can verify that you are insane. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, you actually are crazy. No, no. Um, no. Um, validation or a question. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone comes to me or they're, or they're talking, maybe I started the conversation, but That's then they, cool. they say something as often as I can, unless they just ask me my thoughts and then I'll just say my thoughts. But like, for the most part, those are the two things that I try to lead off with mm. because it keeps the conversation moving in a good direction. And it's not that I'll never get to say what I think, or maybe if I have something uncomfortable to say or something um, uncomfortable, um, I can say that, but I don't lead off with that. Um, and so, you know, example, Shaleen comes to me and she is just frantic and she's just angry because something at work didn't happen and this person that and da, 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 and she's got all these emotions da, 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 da. before I go like calm down or you know <laughs> um, let's say you're angry for a bad reason 
Mm-hmm. Right. So you're angry at someone and you shouldn't be angry, but like you just you have a frustrated, you know, you're frustrated and you need to not instead of me saying like, Shalene, you need to calm down mm-hmm. or Shalene, why are you being so mean? You know, it's a, like that's a question, but that's a bad question. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shalene can dump all that. And the first thing out of my mouth is like, OK, so like what happened or. OK, yeah, I understand why you're feeling angry. If I were in your shoes, I would feel angry too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and validating emotions specifically, mm-hmm. I think is really important where I'm leading off with a genuine question or validation so that we can calm down and now I can listen to what she has to say. So I don't know, I feel like I'm talking about speaking now, but, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm- because I, as a listener, it goes back and forth quickly. Yes, yes. So you quickly become and a speaker. There's the other thing that people say, you should listen to understand as opposed to listen to respond. Right. That's the classic one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I'm listening, my intention is to understand, and then I'm going to lead off with a follow-up question or a validation before I say something else. Mm-hmm. And so having that posture in the conversation, I think, really helps as a listener. That's something I think about. Yeah, well, and with that, validation like in that situation you were saying you could validate an emotion you can always find something well i guess i shouldn't say always because there's extreme but whatever 99 i think i know where you're going with this you can find ways to validate emotions even if the action and the attitude is not yes uh something that you can get on board with yep you can still make the person feel heard in that regardless of your judgment on their action or their attitude or their feelings, you can understand that that's truly what, like they are expressing to you what they are feeling. Mm -hmm. And that alone just, like you have another statement that you make all the time of, that's fair, Hmm. that's a validation. Yeah, I say that a lot, don't I, I guess? Yeah, not as much lately. It's changed a little bit. That's fair. And so even that is a validation where if you completely... Maybe you have nothing else, but you're like, well, that's fair because it's their experience. Like just validating that the words that have come out of their mouth and sometimes validation, just saying like that's fair instead of coming out with like, a, well, why don't you do this? Or like immediately trying to fix it yeah. is more effective listening. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if you've got nothing, just saying something that's not immediately ac- accusatory or seeking to solve a problem or yeah. is huge. Um, and I, I know I've, I, th- I think another thing that's important to say is that validating someone's emotions is not the same as validating their point of view. Yeah, that's also and true. I, th- I think I know some people that have that mindset of like, they go, well, I just need to speak the truth yeah, because it's my responsibility to say the truth to them because... I can't go along with something I don't believe. I can't go along with something they're saying that I don't agree with or that is wrong. Mm. And we're not saying that you should just agree with any thing that anyone says to you. But But you can offer a statement of, I understand that you feel this way and then look for an opportunity to speak what you believe about the situation. Right. Because what you're doing by validating emotions is you're opening a door to say, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. This is a safe place to talk. You're really good at that. That's that's the whole point of validating emotions is what you're communicating is saying, hey, 
this is a safe place to talk. I'm a safe person to talk to. Mm -hmm. And if I skip that part, then I might not have a good time communicating or trying to communicate with this person because I've not emotionally established that. And I've not brought them down from whatever heightened emotion that they're feeling at the time. Um, I can imagine like, for example, like Shaleen, like we'll have to do this as parents with our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, some like maybe our future daughter will come in and be like, you won't w- let me wear this thing. And like, I want to wear this thing. And I'm just really frightened because everyone You're else is wearing so this. so on point for those conversations because <laughs> those are hard conversations. I'm just going to be like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and at some level, when we are the parents, like there will be a place for that. Yeah. But ideally, at the same time, it's like, no, we're trying to communicate and impart yes. values to you. And if I just shut down and like, and maybe this, our daughter's older, she's like 17. Mm. She's like cognitively an adult in a lot of ways. Sure. If I try to treat her like a three-year-old and say, no, dad said, so this is the rule. I don't want to hear anything about it. Yeah. What I'm doing is I'm cutting off an avenue for, for future communication as or well. Relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And so I have to realize that how I handle this conversation now is going to affect all the other conversations after this. So there's more at stake than me just saying what I believe. Now, do I compromise what I believe to be on good terms with someone? No, I don't compromise my values, but I can lead off by validating emotions saying like, yeah, I get you. That is frustrating that your parents don't agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I get that you feel isolated right now because Mm -hmm. we're not letting you do something that other people are doing. Mm -hmm. But if I can lead off with, that and communicate whether explicitly or implicitly this is a safe place to talk and I'm going to be gentle with you and Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen now we can actually talk about this and I can hear what my future daughter has to say about this um, instead of us just fighting about it Mm -hmm. so yeah I I mean this this listening thing um, plays out in more than just like romantic relationships I think parent relationships yes. I do this with my students you can do this with your friends um, it, and you should yeah you should and, <laughs> and and then I don't know we're talking about validating but like also like asking questions yes daughter that's my why next point why do you want to wear this yeah why do you want like even that why do you want to wear this because now I'm getting deeper are they wanting to be like their peers mm-hmm. do they does it represent something very important to her? And so she's trying to express something that she believes, like, I want to wear this thing because it means this to me. And this is really important. Like, oh, now I'm getting to know you. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm trying to think of hypothetical reasons of whatever. But I can't assume I already know the the motivation behind something. So I'm going to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Why? How come? What's your experience with that? And and whatnot. So I don't know. That's... That's the big thing for me is like as a listener, I'm listening to understand. And then as often as possible, I'm going to lead off with questions to understand and validating emotions. And then when we come around, now I can share my advice or what I have to say or take my turn because conversations are not one sided forever. And so I, I can trust that I can let you talk and get down to you and like work on understanding you because once I get to the bottom of that now it's my turn and maybe it takes more than one conversation to get to the bottom of where you're coming from Mm -hmm. but like people I don't know 
I'm kind of making this up. I'm explaining this in a new way on the fly, but like people are not infinite. Like you do get to the bottom of an issue Mm -hmm. eventually. You do get to like the experience that caused them to be this way eventually. And then once you get, once you get them figured out now I can talk. Yeah. Which I will say here, I think is another area where there's strengths and weaknesses and personalities because you, you have a strength in your personality for being patient and like continuing to draw out the other person for a much longer time than (laughs) I am. Fair enough. Because our personalities, like sometimes, yeah, sometimes like as you're doing that, I'm sitting over there as the more black and white person going, okay, it's kind of sounding like you're just okay with everything that they're saying because you're offering lots of validation, da, 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 da. And my internal black and white detector is starting to freak out and be like, it is time to start drawing the lines, my man. Um, <laughs> yes, and and, so, and yeah, and so and we keep each other in check, and yeah. and then we meta communicate. We then come back around and talk yes. about how we talked about it and whatever. Yes. but like, yes, there you're is right, there though. is an aspect of personality that plays into this. And if you're going, well, I was going to say if you're going to air one way or the other, I don't know. There, I might, I I'm think, biased to I maybe think, air my way, well, but there, I think there's strengths on both sides. Yeah. And so, but I think it would be good to err toward making someone feel loved and heard as opposed to judged. Sure. For sure. Um, cool. Well, yeah, you've hit just in that conversation. You've hit. We talked about not interrupting. Right. Did, did we not? I don't think so. Awkward. OK, we haven't hit that one yet. Don't Hold interrupt. <laughs> don't. It, yeah. Don't interrupt. That's important. We're still working on that on the pod because you realize when you're recording, when you listen back to yourself, you're like, oh, man, I jump in all the time. And there are ways that that's like fun and you're like camaraderie. Yeah. Cheering them on. And other ways that it's not helpful. So we're still working on that. Yeah. What? Sorry. This is a a tangent thing. But on a podcast, um, I don't know if it's just the way speakers work or whatever, but like talking over each other is way more. Uh, difficult to listen to annoying is way more annoying and jarring um, than it is in real life. And I don't know, I don't know why that is, but in a normal conversation where we've got three or four people around the table, we can kind of all talk over each other or overlap and it'd be fine and we can keep track of everything. Um, But then when you play that back and listen to it, it's like, Whoa, this feels chaotic and it makes me feel tense and it's not nice to listen to. Because you have no nonverbal cues, you have nothing else to help you track the conversation except for what you're hearing, and it's a lot to take in. Yeah. And so, yeah. so compare and contrast this episode with like the first ten episodes we've done on this podcast, and you'll get what we're talking about. We're trying, and it's fun. Again, meta communication nerd here. It's fun because I make it a game now. When I talk with Daniel on the podcast, I like watch his face extra closely <laughs> for like when he's going to be done so that I can say my thing, which is also a thing that you should be listening to understand, not listening to respond. I repeat this to myself a million and 20 gajillion times every day, but in a healthy way too, <laughs> it's fun to like, you're saying my moment. You're saying as opposed to just jumping in, right. you're waiting your turn and looking for a turn to jump in. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's a fun little game. Okay. So don't interrupt. I, yes. Actually, I have a communication joke about that. Knock, knock. Just go with it. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Mm. (laughs) Oh, 
I didn't want to do it's it. It's a dad joke. You got to let like me do my it. dad joke. Well, let I, me do the dad joke. Okay. I'm so funny. I'm going to put a laugh track behind that. <laughs> you should. <laughs> okay. So we have don't interrupt. We talked a lot about asking questions. Um, we talked about validation. So something else I have on here that's very helpful, again, is kind of a cliche, but paraphrasing. Like, it's a way to check for understanding. So I hear you. You can literally say the cliche words. So what I hear you saying is, or so what I'm understanding you, if I'm understanding you right, this is what I'm getting. And you repeat it back. That's a cliche thing, but wow. Really, really helpful because it helps point out areas where no, you're not on the same page yet and you didn't understand and you need to ask more questions. You need to go deeper. So paraphrasing is a huge, huge help yeah. in conversation. Paraphrasing what you thought they just said to you. Yes. For the purpose of clarifying. Yes. Yeah. Which you just did. Kind of. Slightly. Good mm-hmm. job. But yeah, but, and this is, yeah, because again, and this happens so often is that we use the same words and don't, and mean. we mean different things by them and we can talk past each other and it seems like we should be on the same page, but we're not. Mm-hmm. And, and like, yeah. And so one way to get to the bottom of that is like, okay, Shalene, you said guns are evil. I'm just going to go back to that. You said, and by evil, you mean X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. And see if you can explain it back to them in a way that they agree with because then you have a common definition and now we can actually communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they feel validated because you heard what they said. Yes. Wow. So, so it cool. not only helps shore up where you've been so far and like you have a foundation, but now you can build on that foundation and move forward. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. Which automatically covers one of my other points of like, Duh, um, I said, don't leave until you have, until you agree on what has been said. So you have a common definition. Um, and a recap never hurt anyone. Hmm. So that's kind of, again, just like paraphrasing. But that's something, again, I'm pulling this from our relationship. Yeah. Like during dating, we would keep talking until, and we would literally say like, okay, so we mean this. This word means this for hmm. us. And we would get that nitty gritty, detail-y, communicative because it's helpful. Yeah. Um. So don't be afraid to do that. And there are ways that you can figure out in your relationship because, I don't know, I'm just thinking of Daniel hates cliches. So if I come swinging with the, when I, I feel blank when you, like if I am doing the very cliche thing, he is not into it. Um, <laughs> sure. And so there are ways that you'll have to know your person and like figure out how to do the things. But like, they're helpful. You're, you're just talking about tools to help you understand each other, Mm -hmm. I guess. Well, I mean, you're alluding to, uh, but like that thing you just talked about, like what is that tool that you just use that I would hate because it's a cliche? The I, you statements. Right. But you were talking about it like it's an exercise. It is. Can you explain that exercise just so I know what you mean? No, it's literally like I feel confused when you ask me all of these questions about a simple statement. Okay. I feel like you were talking about that, like or you were alluding to, this is a tactic you and your partner can use. This person says this, and then this person says this. And one of the sentences in this exercise is, I feel blank, and then they fill in the, is that what you're saying? No, it's just, and again, maybe this is from my calm background, that I know that it's a very cliche thing to say. I feel when you, 
like is a very cliche. Okay. I yeah. thought you were offering, I guess I didn't know where you were going with that. Sorry. Okay. I got nothing more. <laughs> I thought you were giving a strategy for how to paraphrase things. No. Nope. Well, all right. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> as long as we paraphrase, it's great. As long. Uh, yeah. What else do you have, Chalene? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um. The only so we've talked about not interrupting, paraphrasing, asking questions, um, coming to common definitions, offering validation. The last one I have under listening is something that we touched on already um, in our previous episode is consider what they're trying to communicate. So as a listener, we talked about last time as a speaker, you need to consider what your listener will understand from their context. So through their noise, you have to think about how do I talk in a way that they'll understand. But then as a listener, you have that same responsibility. How do I listen in a way to understand their context? Hmm. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah. And so you take into consideration their typical communication style. And your goal here is to really hear their heart. Don't get stuck on the specific words. Like maybe if you're trying to come to a common definition, like you can gently direct things toward the specific words but you're don't get stuck on that seek to hear what they're really trying to say to you yeah instead of being adamant about well like this is how i understand that so i don't know why you keep saying it this way well stop being dense and just <laughs> <laughs> sorry Thanks so much for being there's your directness from Celine. i just yeah. But as a listener, I I am trying to read between the lines. Yes. On your behalf. Yes. I'm trying. Uh, also, so so maybe I know that you can't. This person I'm talking to is having trouble articulating this feeling, but I think they mean this. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they said it in a way that's a little abrasive, or maybe they said it in a way that's kind of curt or short or whatever. But to the best of my ability, I think they mean this, and so it's kind of going back and. Going back to believing the best. Believing the best. And it also encapsulates an opportunity to paraphrase. Yeah. To be like, okay, you said this. So put you, it back but, in your own words. You mean this. Yeah. Then to make, to again, common definition to see if what you're thinking the best of them, if that lines up with actually where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a good example, actually, maybe this is a good example of that. Um, because especially so as a teacher, you I mean, I have 100 students a year, mm -hmm. if not more. And so there are a bunch of personalities, a bunch of family cultures that they're coming from and like all of these things. So there's going to be a lot of communication styles. Some people are just very short and curt. Yep. And so I've had students in the past where they'll raise their hand and they'll be like, can you get over here and help me? And to me, that sounds very sassy and disrespectful. And I can be like. I could sass back, mm -hmm. um, but I never would because I'm a perfect teacher. No. Um, <laughs> right. No, like You're I can sass back or I could be like, excuse me or whatever. But like, let's say this is day two of the school year. Right. And I don't genuinely know don't yet. know them yet. Instead of being like, OK, well, they said this very shortly and it had this tone. I could be like, OK, maybe they just literally don't know what they sound like. How about I go over there and offer a kind, a kind like, 
yeah, what can I do for you? And then see where it goes. And then we'll go from there. And there have been times where they will say something like, can you get over here and help me? And I'm like, whoa, okay. But I'll, that's in my head. And I'll be like, yeah, sure. What's up? And then I'll come up and they'll be like, yeah, so I'm just having the, and they'll talk. They'll be totally fine. Kind. They have a genuine question, but somewhere in their socialization or maybe it's how their family talks or whatever. That's just kind of how that question came out. And, and over time I realized like, oh, somehow in that moment that came across in a way that wasn't great. And I've learned that it doesn't always mean that. And so I'm trying to give an example of where I can listen to what they mean. And even though I could hold them to, you said these words and it, and you had that tone, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe I come back around and coach them because, you know, I'm a teacher, but there are, there are times when sometimes you overlook some Mm. unpleasant things that they said in the, in the interest or, you know, in the interest of truly understanding them. Yeah. I don't know if that's a great example or not. No, I think it is. I think it shows again, it highlights our differences where you're much better at overlooking that (laughs) where I would much more quickly, even if I go over to them, I would be handling the issue only to very quickly come back around and be like, all right, but I want to make it clear that you're not to address me like that again. And that's not something that you necessarily care as much about. Yeah. Well, I do care about it, but I would, I would probably make a comment Mm -hmm. and see where they go with it. Yeah. And this is kind of, I don't know, this is another tactic I do instead of shooting something at you of you are not to address me that way. I, I metaphorically throw it out in the air and see what they do with it. You lob it up. I lob it up to them and see what they do. So instead of going, you don't address me that I'll be like, man, you always seem to be like really snippy with me. Like, are you doing okay? So I make like a general comment. It's Look it's very disarming humanity <laughs> one question at a time. One 15 year old at a time. No, wow. but like that's an example of yeah. I'm going to directly address this, but I'm going to do it in a, a friendly way mm-hmm. instead of a confrontational way. And so then so I'll lob it up. I'll be like, wow, I feel like you're I don't know. You just and I'll say it like in a friendly like you just seem really sassy, like you're mad at me. Like, are you mad at me? Like and then those and then they can either be like, um, yes, I'm mad at you or like, don't talk to me. Or if they sass me again, it's like, okay, now, now I know where you're coming from. Or, or honestly, a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm, I'm me. No, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Floyd. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just have a grumpy face. And then we talk about, you know, their RBF or whatever, but like, um, and I, and you know, you have to have your gaslight detector on because yes. they could be gaslighting you of like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Floyd, you know? And then, sure. but like, Again, that's another way to get to the same end of figuring out uh, where they're coming from. And then if they are just like, you know, and then if they are genuinely trying to not be disrespectful, but it comes out that way, I can be like, hey, like, why don't you calm down? Like, be nice. Like, be friendly. Like, it's cool. Like, we're in class. Like, don't be mean. Like, Mm -hmm. I can still come around and in a friendly way correct them. But there are direct confrontational ways to do that. And there are not direct confrontational ways. to. And again, that's going more toward my personality because I don't like to be confrontational. And I don't know if you're a confrontational person and you're actually in charge of this 15 year old, like you do have the authority to tell them to stop and that's Mm -hmm. okay. So I also do want to say like to you, Shaleen, like 90% of the time that is not the wrong approach. Um, it, it might be more wrong if you're dealing with a peer that way. 
right? Right. Or if you're talking to your boss, like... Yeah, that's not cool. Right. So, again, tone and all of this is context-specific. Um, but, I don't know, maybe people don't have to be confrontational all the time. Well, and I think that that's one reason that you're good with high schoolers. I think that's one reason you're good with that age group is because where I would be like, well, you're a 15 year old, like you need to respect me, but I wouldn't say that to my peer or to my boss. Yeah. You won't say that to a 15 year old. You validate them in another way that is maybe harder for other people. Right. And of course I never, I never give up my authority Sure. or, um, Oh, what's the fancy word when you give something up starts with an A. Like the throne. Yeah. When you give up the throne. Yeah. What's the A word that is give up the throne? You said the A word, so now I don't know. The people on the listening are like, I know the word. You know the word. We don't. Just move on. I'm going to look it up. We might cut this little part of the abdicate. Ah, Thank you. You didn't even have to look it up. Look at you. I just opened a new tab and I was there. Your brain Uh, opened a new tab and said, ah. I don't don't abdicate my authority or my expectations for respect in those moments. Sure. You just handle it differently. I just want to, I want both. Mm-hmm. I want you to respect me and treat me like I'm the adult that I am and that I'm your teacher. And I want to be friendly and kind and non-confrontational. If I can do both, I, I go for that. You do well. Sometimes you don't get both. Um, and that's a bummer, but yeah, why not have both? Yeah. So that's really all I had for listening. So just as a recap there and to quickly move into our last point that shouldn't take very long. Um, so listening, don't interrupt. Try to paraphrase when you can. So I hear you saying, so is this what you were trying to communicate? Um, Ask questions to clarify um, before you jump to conclusions, to go deeper. Consider what they're trying to communicate and really try to hear their heart. Um, Try to come to a common definition on things before you leave a conversation. Uh, Recap never hurt, what I'm doing right now. And you can validate as well. Very helpful. What's the last thing you got? Extra steps in conflict. Um, So just the main thing that I was just thinking of here was just considering different personalities. Um, So Mm -hmm. maybe like this is the classic fight or flight. Are you confrontational or are you more um, conflict? Flight. Flight. Yeah. (laughs) Conflict averse. Yeah. Conflict averse. Um, Or or you just take longer to process because I was thinking about you and I Hmm. and me when a topic comes up. I'm a verbal processor. I'm ready to go. Let's figure this out. And we're going to keep talking about it until we figure it out. Yeah. And I've learned in our relationship that doesn't work, especially with really hard topics. I can bring it up. I can present my case. And then you're usually really pretty good at saying, yeah, I don't know. I need a little bit Hmm. or. Even last night when when I brought up like, hey, like this thing, like, so did this mean this or this? And you said, well, it meant this. And I said, well, can we talk more about that? And you said, "Mm, when it's not bedtime, because we were laying in bed, it was bedtime. Yeah. So that so considering what works for people, because I want to go, go, go until we solve it. And at first it was really hard and we had to build trust where I was comfortable putting on the brakes and waiting to have the conversation Cause that just never happens in my family. You just have the conversation. Yeah. Um, but then on your side, being willing to set a time to come back around to that conversation and have the conversation. So it actually does happen instead of just completely avoiding the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just, just bringing that up, considering 
the typical fight or flight thing is is really big. Um, the last thing I had on here, which applies to all of it, it's under the conflict area, but it's it's life. Try to be quick to admit you're wrong, which we touched on on the last episode. Um, and be quick to forgive. Sorry and I forgive you are really powerful words. Hmm. Those are, again, sometimes like cliche, like, all right, two-year-old, tell your brother you're sorry. Okay, tell them that you forgive them. But It works for adults, too. Yeah, there's power in those specific words, even. Especially, so you kind of mentioned personalities. You could talk about love languages. Yeah. If words of affirmation is really important to someone, mm. I would imagine saying, I'm sorry, or I forgive you. They need to f- physically hear that. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, and maybe depending on someone else's love language, I'm sorry and I forgive you might look different for physical touch. Maybe you give them a hug and a kiss, you know, or for acts of service, maybe you go do the dishes to prove, you know, whatever. It can look different ways, but yeah. in a verbal sense, is literally saying the words um, can mean a lot. And I think in a communication, since we're having this conversation about communication. Verbal communication. It's, I think even if it's not their love language, there's something validating and um, solidifying and kind of like a, kind of like a period at yeah. the end of this whole thing, you've worked through everything. It's just like a sigh of relief and a period of like, yeah, I forgive you. It brings closure. Yeah. And there's, then you can move forward. Um, yeah. So those, we have reached the end of my notes. <laughs> Sweet. Those are good notes, Shalene. Woot. Thanks for putting them together. I knew that this would be a conversation that we enjoyed. Um, again, I feel like this is great for us to have this conversation. I'm hopeful that anyone listening um, got something out of it as well. I just can't get over how nerdy I am because there's so many things I've wanted to throw in along the way of like, we're doing the thing oh, da, da, and like meta communicating as we're talking and I'm trying to like pull back. Oh, one thing listeners that I really want to share with you. That's an awesome resource. I love it so much. Um, is the Ted talk by Celeste Headley? Headley. It's H E A D L E E. It's 10 ways to have a better conversation. This is an epic I'm, TED Talk. I'm going to request, love, that you put this in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. Um, because I first watched it, I think, just on my own. But then a professor pulled it up in a comm class. And I've watched it multiple times. It's just excellent. It's brief. It's like 11 minutes. Yeah. But she just goes over 10. So much faster than us. Um, she just goes over 10 ways to have a better conversation. And if you can practice those things, wow. Yeah. And if yeah. you're wanting to work on better communication, don't pick all 10, pick one or yeah. two and work on those two. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that Ted talk. That's an, yeah, that's an amazing yeah. talk. 10 ways to have a better conversation. Cool. Yep. Great. Well, thanks for talking to me, Shalene. Ditto love. Love you. Love you too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. Bye. Bye.